Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 185 of Dial the Gate, the Stargate Oral History Project. I am your host, David Reed, and we have Courtney J. Stevens, Lieutenant Elliot, uh, joining us for this episode. Before we get into the thick of it, if you enjoy Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, please hit that like button. It makes a difference with YouTube and will help the show continue to grow. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next uh, few weeks on the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels, as this is a live live show, as most of our shows are. I have a moderating team in the uh, YouTube chat standing by, um, so go ahead and submit your questions to Courtney. They'll get them over to me, and we will ask those questions in the second half of the show. In the meantime, he is all mine. How you doing, brother? Courtney J. Stevens. I'm doing well, David. Good to see you. It's good to see you, man. Uh, We were just uh, catching up here. It's been, you were one of my um, first interviews on GateWorld, and I don't know if you recall that horrible lighting situation that we had. Oh my God, I could not light a camera to save my life, and it was a crappy camera, too. Yeah. Oh well, man, that was one of the most awful experiences of my life to get home to look at that footage and be like, I just, I just, this guy looks like he's sitting on the suns talking to me. I felt <laughs> so bad, so well, I want to apologize for that. I've been waiting 19 years for that apology. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Oh, man. How how has, you know, life been treating you? How's the the acting world been treating you? You, How have you been personally? Um, Talk to me here. Tell me me what's been going on in your world, you know, the second half of your life. My God. (laughs) Since we last saw each other. Right, exactly. Uh, No, it's funny because I remember – it was uh, it was in Vancouver and it was uh, Granville Island. Yep. Uh, I was doing a play, and I think it was during uh, in between shows. I think we we hung out on a on a picnic bench and, and chatted. And uh, something to yeah, do with a bus, if I remember correctly. That's right. Yeah, great. I remember. I remember you going kind of like, huh? What are you? What What is this? What are you doing? The idea of the show was, it. Uh, yeah, it was. It's called the number fourteen, and it went on for twenty five years, and it was like. Uh-huh multiple characters that start in one one area of a of a city in Vancouver in this case and then they went through in, in all the different neighborhoods and it was like I think it was six six actors playing several hundred characters different masks oh my god oh wow that's so, right yeah physical and nonsense and so like and that's been a lot of my a lot of my life uh is in theater and in in physical theater which is you know this kind of catch-all term but a lot of it is like making making funny with with my body making making story with my body so a lot of it like like kind of charlie chaplin buster keaton that kind of camp clown but but not like eh, eh, you know like 
goofy, right. you know, good things, but not scary clowns. That's sort of what a lot of my career has been. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And you talked about Cirque du Soleil a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What that's a right. wild ride that must have been. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, it was amazing. I mean, I was, I was, uh, about four years doing that. I think probably like 300 cities and we went to, oh I don't God. know, 40, 30, 30 or 40 different countries and we were on the road and, and just, you know, every week or week or two, we were changing, changing cities and it was great. We were like rock stars, like just hopping on our, wow. on our plane on, on the tarmac, just finishing the show, getting on and flying and opening up a, another wing in a, in an airport and, and pouring out and, and, you know, running, there's about 125, 130 of us traveling as a group and uh, with their own catering and our own um, support staff. And so sometimes security too, like we were in Russia and South yeah. Africa and we had to have guys with, who were, were packing heat. So yeah. Yeah. Not pretty, every place has the same kind of standards of, of, yeah. you know, expectation in terms of like, especially when you're going to big cities, you know, anything yeah. can happen. So that's crazy. Yeah. yeah um, that was always well, like kind of hang out late at the bar and you're still, Still hanging out, and Igor's in the corner, kind of just making sure everyone gets home safely. <laughs> Duh. Right, right. Jeez, yeah. man. You know, I did you get a, a chance when you're in these cities um, and in these different parts of the world to really enjoy uh, the place that you're in, or was it so? Was your career so busy that you only had a chance to like? run into a bar after a show and, and decompress. Did you ever really get to experience the cities that you were, that you were visiting? We, well, yeah. Cause we were uh, like, <laughs> it's the joke is my wife always laughs. Cause it's like, we're the, the clowns and the clowns have our funny, have our silly, but uh, you'd show up and, and the acrobats are always training and doing stuff and, and making sure they're physically fit and, and you know, flying and, and like really focusing on what they're doing. The clowns are like, you know, just kind of like putting out and just like going doing a mic check and like, okay, great. You know, so we just show up for the show. And so we, uh, we had a lot of time and sometimes too, like the set would take um, time to travel between different cities. So um, yeah, we, we had, we had a lot of, a lot of time and it was, it was fantastic, fantastic journey. Wow. That's legit. Yeah. I have um, been to 30 countries now and wow. uh, I am working on your number and I, I am, I, I'm so pleased that I've been able to do that in my life to be able to see so many different parts of the world. And there are so many parts of the world that I've still got to get to. And I think that there is just something so I, I think it's it's important to, I think, recognize that those of us who are blessed enough to be able to travel and be able to see these different parts of, of the world and how different people live their lives and how, you know, uh, how different and amazing um, all these different cultures are. I think it's important to remember that, uh, you know, t take take the moment every time we're in a place to really appreciate that we're here and not everyone gets to see where, you know, this other place is and gets to experience, you know, this different part of the world is. I always have to pinch myself when I travel abroad because it's, it's a blessing that most people don't get to do. Yeah. So. No, you're right. And it gives, you know, it gives you perspective too, right. And, mm -hmm. and understanding, especially too for, uh, yeah, people who have, who have moved to, you know, in my case, Canada or the States from somewhere else for whatever reason. And that sort of 
change to whatever whatever the circumstances are coming to a new country mm-hmm. yeah very, very different for everyone but yeah i feel the same way i, I love i love traveling did you um did you odd how did how did you get elliot can you can you take us back did you yeah, take a look sure. at the episodes that i sent or he's like ah, i'm sorry i can't <laughs> i can't get into that <laughs> well i uh i i'm familiar familiar enough with them i i think yeah okay i think i mean um i mean it's interesting like it's it's wild too like that um that I'm even here too, because part of the thing is like I think I was only on four episodes, so yeah, I, you know it's it's the Stargate fans are phenomenal. Like I really appreciate it because it's like kind of a, a a blip in the sense in my life, like it's certainly yeah. a, a highlight of of my career. But it wasn't it wasn't like you know like some people did the show for many many years uh, where I had pretty short. Um, Short and intense, like you know, hop on because because my first the first episode was like very full on, um, but uh, and even during the pandemic too, uh, I had a lot of not a lot, but I had several people reach out to me and I had some some fans uh, saying that they've been rewatching and and sending me things. And I thought, oh my god, like this is amazing. It was just like just perfect, just kind of what I needed. You know, you're in a pandemic, going oh my god, life. Ooh. And people saying, "Hey, this is really great. Thanks for this." So, yeah, that kind of lifted lifted my spirits. Um, but yeah, originally getting cast in it, I think, I think I'd auditioned several times uh, for other other episodes, uh, and so they were interested, right? Is is what it felt like, and then and then Proving Ground came along. I thought, "Oh, this is really this is a really good part. I really mm. want to, you know." dive into this is a good opportunity and knowing that they were already interested in me so yeah so i auditioned and it was you know i got it it was kind of as simple as that okay yeah you had uh, a great lineup of of people with you you had grace park you had david cop um i one of my favorite lines from the entire franchise is uh uh o'neill saying you know they're the future of the air force the program god help us yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. And you know, you did something with this role in just a handful of episodes that have continued to to stick with people, you know. I I always uh think back on season 5 far, fondly in part because of you and because uh it's in those few episodes it is a distinct arc. And as a guest star, how often do you get to do that? That's more rhetorical, but I mean, it's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. So. I think, as I understand it, I think, <clears throat> I mean, someone out there will, I'm sure, correct me about the, the facts of this. But as I understood it at the time, it was um, like a pilot within the this, this series. So this was pre-Atlantis. So the idea was, okay, we're going to see if these four characters can become the uh, a new squad and it'll be a, a spinoff. I think that's what they were exploring with, with Proving Ground. Um, and again, I don't know if that's fact or not, but that's, that's what I remember at the time. And then, um, and then it was a one-off. And then I think something, I think even the other two, the other uh, two episodes when LA came back, um, wasn't originally supposed to happen, and um, and then I think they changed their mind on 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 where the um, the pilot was going to go, where what Atlantis was going to be, and then you know they 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 plugged this into some other 
other uh, storylines. It's entirely possible. I've not I've not explored that thread with um, with with the folks who who created Proving Ground. I do remember. Uh, are, you, are you familiar with J.R. Bourne? Mm-hmm. So Martouf had died in season four, um, but Lantash had lived. Obviously, he yeah. he found his way to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, Martouf, uh, Jr. was supposed to come back for that two parter, and there was a scheduling conflict. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense to adapt, you know, one of the roles from uh, the the recent episodes and and give give you, you know, a chance to to spread your wings a little bit more and do something uh, in Summit and Last Stand. And so for that part of it, that's where that story arc came from. So they couldn't get Jr. And so they they gave it to you guys or they gave it to you to carry on that. And then, I mean, David Cop came back as Grogan later in the season. So we didn't unfortunately we didn't we didn't see uh, Haley or Satterfield again. But, um, you know, that's that's it's it's great to see uh, a a team of writers who are looking back and saying, okay, what if, what do we have here? What do we have in the inventory? How can we adjust this forward and, and expand on, on these stories that we already have? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Cause I remember that. I remember that kind of coming out of the blue that, uh, that summer, the other episodes, cause I was doing, uh, so I was doing a movie, I think. And um, I, I think it, it, just kind of fit as well. It bookended what I was shooting or it all, it all kind of came together, but it, but it was, it was very last minute. And like you say, I think it was a scheduling thing that um, they had me, they had me kind of uh, on hold. This may or may not happen based on, um, on, you know, like you said, it's, it's scheduling. It's, it's figuring it out who you have and, and what storylines can be judged in different directions. Are are you saying you were, you were uh, on contract for additional episodes? No, no, oh, I, was okay. doing, I was doing something else. And then they were saying that's when it, that's when it, they said those two episodes were probably, probably going to land because of Jared's scheduling. Got it. Okay. Hey, that's, that's awesome for you. You know, totally. absolutely. Who, who was this guy to you? Um, what kind of a, an upbringing did he have? What, um, uh, who, who was this young man that, that uh, he he found his way into the Air Force in in your mind, yeah. Who was Elliot? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think he was um, very much uh, like ambitious in in the sense of uh, having a strong sense of the right thing and uh, fighting uh, for right and wrong. And and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think. There's an innocence, uh, but like the feeling of probably like grew up on on superheroes and that sort of thing. Like that, there's you know, like and so it's a chance to to be that to be that person, right? And and have these tough choices, and make make the right choices uh, as um, someone who will sacrifice. And even in in um, improving ground, like sacrificing, and then like oh, that we're really just kidding, and then later on to actually make the same sacrifice exactly right he was ready to go and you know that first one you can put me down now hero (laughs) but then you know uh that that scene um uh at the end of last stand and you hear the horns 
and you hear you hear the footsteps of the Jaffa. Uh, at the same time, he's not alone. You know, he's with Lantash. That was I, I'm sure I told you this, this at the time. Summit and Last Stand were um, my favorite episodes at the time that they had for a couple of years. They were my favorites, partly because of that ending. The yeah. show was so good at just this is it. You're leaving us here, but you step back and look at it, and you're like, you have enough information. You know what comes next, and it's not pretty. Um, uh, what What did you think of that of that script when you got that? It's like, well, if we're gonna go out, you know, this is yeah. this is this is a good one to go on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted more, right? Like, because, like you said, it was such a uh, an intense start. There was an investment in this character to begin with, yeah. and then to to uh, snuff him out so quickly after. <laughs> after establishing I was like oh my man that's a that's too bad because it's like it, it seems like there's more there's 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 farther to go um but as you say like if if you're gonna go out like go out with a bang like literally exactly yeah, yeah. it's funny too you mentioned um uh uh Haley's you can put me down now here I'll, I, I I remember that trying to figure out I was I think I was I used to run a lot I was I was training for a marathon, I think. So I was really, I'm a thin guy to begin with. Uh, but particularly then, I think I was, I was, you know, pretty thin. I wasn't, you know, super hefty and strong. So I, and I had to pick her up. And I remember uh-huh. having, time picking her up. And, and I think you can, you can see, you can just see it uh, in the, in the shot. She has her foot on the ground and she kind of does a, I pick her up and she, she, she helps me out with a bit of a boost because I, I couldn't pick her up. <laughs> I felt bad, and then she felt insulted. And of course, <laughs> it's like, oh no, this is going to end badly. <laughs> who, who of, of the cast uh, did you really enjoy the most? Who's who stuck out with you over the years? Well, uh, David and I were, you know, we we uh, became good buds on that. I mean, we haven't talked to each other for years, but I think during during that time, you know, we became uh, you know good friends. Um, Amanda was really great. She was she was really cool, um, and I think, yeah, I think because that that first episode it was it, like it was a lot, you know. I was, I was carrying the episode, and it was it was yeah. quite a lot. And uh, she was very, very open and and invited me back to her trailer to have lunch and sort of chat and just you know invite me in because sometimes it's hard too when you when you show up uh, on a show that's been running for a while like you're the new person, right? And and then, especially in, in a situation like this, to show up and be the you know the lead of of the episode, sometimes yeah, it, it it can be a, a bit of a a day or so to get um, get things rolling mm-hmm. you know, because yeah you, you're wanting to you're wanting to fit in with what's already been established, right? You're like the new kid in school. This is a huge guest star role, you know. Mm-hmm. Generally, in the stories, the uh, the guest stars support something that that the leads are doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of exposition, and, and this was very this was very different because um, it really is it, it, about the guest stars in this case, and you you being the lead of of that group. Um, I can imagine, you know, on a crew of hundred hundred and fifty people, 
Uh, that can be in a show that's been going very successfully, ticking along for five years, that that can be kind of daunting. I can imagine those first couple of days were a little bit stressful. And Amanda is has has been known. I talked just with Michael Welsh about this earlier this week about inviting people into her trailer in a time where the leads, you know, really only have so long to decompress. And lunch hour yeah. is kind of like a sanctuary if they get one at that. But no, yeah. bring you in. Let's, you know, spend a little bit of time together. Let's become a little bit more f- familiar with each other in the context of the work. And, you know, it made such an impression on people. Um, yeah. But I can only imagine, you know, uh, coming into this kind of a show and and being expected to carry that much of the script. Um, yeah. And on top of that, it's 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 a physical episode. You know, yeah. you're running and there's there's burning fires. I mean, it's like it's a wild show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that part of it in particular too. Like say, like the the running and gunning. Like that was I really enjoy that. Like I like I said earlier, like I'm a physical uh, mm-hmm. performer, and that was that was really a, a treat to get all the training and and um, uh, yeah, and practice and, and a lot of different military training and mm-hmm. and you know, and then also again, yeah, I think I had to yeah I, I had to drag David too at one point. He got shot <laughs> it's not going like, down. Yeah. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I, I should have been uh, been working out for this had I known. <laughs> the funny thing was in the in his next episode uh, or his, his his he's he comes back for the Sentinel later on in season. He's the only one left of his team still alive, so it was like a role reversal for him. That was yeah. funny. Um, yeah. Had you had firearms training before in any work? Was this a new experience for you, or was this just okay? That you know, let's let's go ahead and learn this. This, where had that fallen for you? Had had you worked with firearms before? A little bit, okay. but not not to this level. Not to this level. Um, especially like being this, uh, really having to know military like protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that was that was different. You know, certainly been on set and, and had some guns and 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 in person too. Like you know, I grew up in the country and. Mm-hmm. and Dad had a gun and we go out shooting occasionally, but that's obviously a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, this was definitely the most uh, intense, and I loved it. It was it was it was really cool just to get uh, the specifics on it and and to learn, like I said, the um, to make it look real and learn the protocol and learn how to how to move and how to run and 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 how to shoot. I think that would be one of the things that would would um, really trip me up the most because. There are military fans of this show. I mean, there are there are platoons yeah. that would watch it together, and yeah. uh, they're going to be looking to see that you know what you're doing, and you have not only to carry this dialogue and hit all these hit all these physical beats in each of these scenes, but you have to be carrying these things like you've been experienced with them for years. And yeah. if you don't pull that off, you know someone's going to catch it, and it's going to be on there <laughs> if forever. It's like ah, you know, yeah, yeah. That would be yeah, I think there was. I can't remember who who it was, but I mean the specialist on set. He was he was really good, and and he would, you know, after you know he he'd be able to to check after a take to make sure that no, you got to make sure you do this. No, you haven't that. No, he wouldn't do that. It'd be like this, and just right. fine tuning so it was as authentic as possible. Have you had any military fans who've communicated with you over the years? Not, I don't think so specifically. Yeah, not not that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe, right. but that hasn't come up in conversation. Okay, yeah. it's the 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 continuing longevity of this show. 
is is so supported by the number of people who I'm in, in decent communication with who have you know been a part of the Air Force and or the overall military and really appreciate this show for what it is, which is a, a true representation it, it, on the Earth side of things um, to to their to their experiences. My father, uh, U.S. Army major, retired. Yeah. Um, you know, this it's it's a great show um, that that shows you know our our men and women in uniform who make sacrifices and like the ultimate sacrifice, uh, yeah. but just with a sci-fi sci-fi twist, a sci-fi setting. So yeah. it's it's. It, it must be it must be cool to be you know uh, uh, a, a part of of something with um, with quality behind it you know that that's been that's been treated with with care and reverence over seventeen television seasons. Yeah, like that's the thing, right? That it's had such uh, an enduring impact, and and there's so much love for it, like. Like, I mean, it's been 19 years since I, right. <laughs> since, you know what I mean? Like, and, and here we are, like, really? Oh my yeah. God, that, that's incredible. And that's Amazon's going to, going to put out a new one here in, you know, in the next, you know, six months to a couple of years, you know, we're just waiting yeah. to hear from them. So it's wild. This thing's the legs that this thing's got. Yeah. Yeah. What, why do you think that is? I think because it's the, specifically to Stargate, it's contemporary. Um, it's it's a a an angle of sci-fi that uh is very accessible to us because it is us i always relate back to this the scene in season two where sam's getting ready to go off world and she's got to go into the to back of the control room to call her dad who's who's going through uh treatments uh chemotherapy treatments because he has lymphoma but she's got to go and negotiate with the tokra for the first time because we're we're possibly getting this new ally uh, yeah. And there's there is something that we can relate to with that more than a Star Trek or you know a Battlestar because yeah. it's um, we could we could be running into these folks in the supermarket and saying hello to them you know in the aisle and you'd never know that they were under this mountain um, protecting us from this this alien threat and I think I think that that's that's tantalizing I think that that's uh, I, I think that that's that speaks to the, so many layers of, and the fact that it's it's got humor, it's funny, um, mm-hmm. and it takes itself not too seriously. Yeah. What do you What do you think carries it forwards as much as it has? Gosh, I don't know what to add on to that. I, I mean, it's always, uh, and I'm not a sci-fi person specifically, okay. so I don't necessarily know. Um, between different different shows, but I know that this has such uh, yeah, it's just really hooked into people. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think there certainly is some of the some of the comedy, some of the and and the accessibility, like like that it is that it is sci-fi and um, like you say, the person in in the uh, the grocery store, so you can connect to it. It's not super futuristic. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be right. It could be have this access, this portal to to other other worlds. And, you know, and you come home or you don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or you don't. <laughs> I'd like to pivot away from Stargate for a moment. Um, is there a role that you've had that pushed you in ways that you didn't expect to be pushed? 
or um, shaped you, you know, it in a very in even in a minor way as as a person. Is there something that's really stuck with you? It's like, wow, that was an experience. Or, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe I, you know, or, or I want to do it again. Right there, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I think back, a lot of, um, like I said before, like a lot of my my career has been uh, on on stage. Yeah, that's been a big focus of mine, and that's. Uh, you know, it's it's challenging because it's it, to talk about in the sense that well, you had to be there to see it, and so it's right, right rather than the being on screen, everything is it's more uh, tangible. But I think a lot of my um, big experiences have have been on stage, and in particular because uh, you can't fix it in post, right? It's it's happening live, and you do get. And we talk about arcs; you get that whole arc over the 60 or 90 minutes or whatever it is and it's you put the time in to to build the blocks and then you you do it um and that's the biggest difference that compared to doing something on screen where you go i I think we've got it i mean everyone seems to think we've got it okay and then you just kind of wait and then see it and you see it all pieced together and like oh thank god it works right um there's a little bit more control i think on on stage because you can dry, you could, you could forget your lines. Uh, someone else could forget their lines. Someone, you know, whatever, it, it, you know, people could walk out, people, anything's, anything's possible. Right. Uh, and I like that. I like that. Um, so as far as one, I mean, I don't know. I've had a handful certainly on stage that have really shaped me. I, I did a, I did a show too, that, um, just, just finished a few years ago, just around the pandemic starting. It was a solo show. And again, physical theater, it was, it was, um, I toured it all over the world. It was, um, Mr. Bean meets Charlie Chaplin playing the piano and it was wordless and it was silly and uh, uh, just catastrophe, physical catastrophe. And it was such a, a, a physical challenge and it was participatory and bringing the audience up and it, and it played in different, different ways. Like in China, it played a certain way and Malta it played a different way. And then, you know, in, in France, you know, they were, they were, uh, when I went over France, like that really felt like, Oh my God, I heard, I heard encore. I'm like, oh, and that's in French. That they actually <laughs> right. Oh, they, that's sincere. Yeah, that felt like. Whew. Yeah. Wow. So, how much of that sh- of that specific show was bringing people in from the audience? Would you say? I'm curious now. Mm. There was probably like it would depending how engaged they were, because the idea is like I, I'm a. Um, it's a very simple premise. Like I'm a concert pianist who's going to play like the best performance, the best concerto of my life and very high status and walking out and then everything goes wrong. And Can so you play? Everything. Well, I had to learn. I had to learn for this. And then the, then the piano kind of smokes and blows up at the end. It's like a trick piano and the legs fall <laughs> off and I got to stick my leg in and I'm doing acrobatics off of it. And, and um, you know, the keys break and like all kinds of stuff. And I have to, like I said, I, I, you know, get lost in the audience and I have to get them to help throw me back on stage and I got to get someone off stage to come on up. And, and then, I mean, this one show, <laughs> like you talk about audience participation, participation, uh, this one time in, in, I think in Japan, I couldn't get anyone up. They were very and reluctant and that's okay, you know? And so I, you know, have, have other outs, 
Uh, and then in, in Malta, I was so playful with them that I just got the stage got swarmed. <laughs> oh, it was it was it was these kids, and they were so engaged, and they were so happy, and they were hopping on the on the stage. It's like, oh my god, I have like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty kids coming up on stage, and uh, and but again, it became like this is the show, this is the yeah. live thing, and I'm running around, and they're chasing me, and the the teachers are trying to pull them off, and and oh, it, no, <laughs> it was like total chaos. And like so, I learned like, oh gosh, I, I won't do that one again. Um, but is this uh, a one man yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. Wow, and it's wordless too. Yeah, right? that's why I could go could go all over the place. There's yeah. something special about Malta. Oh, man, yeah. that is a windy rock in the ocean, man. <laughs> oh man, I have to yeah. tell. You, we have to share some stories about Malta at some point. But yeah, yeah. please tell me you filmed this. I would love to see it. <laughs> please tell me you filmed you filmed a session somewhere. Yes, there there's a, there's some footage out there. Okay, yeah. I would I really want to see this. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. So, I will. There is there is something about connecting with an audience live that you just cannot duplicate. You know, I've I, I, one of my regrets of my middle age is that I've not, you know, set some tide some aside some time and go and audition for something in local theater or anything else because there is it is electric when you become a part any part of a process that makes uh, uh that that brings a show that you care about to life um and especially like a, a one-man show where everything is hanging on you but you know when it's like when you're right it's like you're riding the top of a wave yeah you know totally. and it sounds like something like that where it's if it's uh, you have some flexibility to tailor it toward whatever part of the country you're in or, or whatever the part of the world you're in. And then on top of that, you got to tailor it to your specific audience. You have to really read that room. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. gotta be, you have to, you have to be ready to pivot if they're not cooperating or, you know, it's like, well, I, I have to get on to the next bit to get yeah. to this thing, to get this, bring this thing home. Um, yeah. That's, that had to have been, how long did you do that? I did that about, Three years, 2016, wow. I was back and forth. It was mostly Europe and okay. then parts of Asia as, as well. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like for a while, I'd go over for to Europe for, it was like I was almost commuting. I remember going over like for a week and then coming back and then going back like three weeks later and then back and then going back two weeks later. Um, so a lot of festivals and um, and then longer longer runs in, in Asia. I was there for, you know, a longer period of time. Wow. Okay. Is this something you could revisit, or are you have you put that one to bed? You want to do I something else? Might, I think it might be done. There was talk yeah. about it coming out of the pandemic, um, yeah. and it's a, it's uh, the producers are are out of France, and uh, so we were talking about it. But I think it might be done, and also it's it's pretty tough on the bond. Like the things I was doing was was really tough, and so. I, uh, yeah, I have to respect that, that, uh, I don't know how much I want to tempt, uh, injury really mm -hmm. yeah. repetitive strain and, and some of the, some of the tricks and things I was doing, um, my 25 year old self would have really killed, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Elliot would have been great. Elliot would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, you know, I, especially for like a one man, uh, show or some uh, uh, uh or a meaty role where you have um em emotional depth that you have to hollow into uh and and taking yourself into all these all these different places the th the thing that i can't get over you know in watching some of these performances is 
knowing that a person night after night, sometimes two times a day, would have to repeat that same sequence again and again. And I would imagine that after a while, it would be so some of the more emotional um, parts that a lot of that a lot of you have to portray would be so draining after a while that it's like, I how do you sustain a performance for years on end that requires you to go to the darkest parts of your psyche? Um, I'm assuming you've, you've done those uh, yeah. again and again and again without just wanting, just wanting to go away and, you know, bury yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to, do you have to like partition off your, your mind? How, how do you as a performer do that? I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, um, like a, a respect, like respect uh, of the art of the story of craft and self that I just wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel uh, if I, if I cut corners, um, like I wouldn't be able to sleep, you know, I'd be yeah. right. Cause you always want, it, that's the thing too. There's always a little bit more you want to try it to make it better or different. And also that's the other thing, trying not to repeat what you just, what you did the night before. So it is fresh and new and allowing it to go in a different direction. It doesn't have to be like a wildly different direction, but just um, different colors to come in. And, and again, with the audience too, because it ends up being um, a relationship too. So yeah. if they're into it, then you can spend more time. If they're not, then you got to pick up the pace. You have to listen to, to uh, the energy in the room. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And not you know, wanting to compromise on your art. I like that. And it's like, yeah. you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to give them the full value of their, t of their ticket. You know, yeah. they're, they're here to see they're, they're here not to watch you phone it in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And also cause it's like, like that's to me too. When I was, when I was young, I remember seeing um, performances and being inspired. Mm. Right. And so there's, Perhaps there's someone out there who's that you're you're touching. Ideally, that's why they're there. They right. want a story, so you you want to make sure that you're being authentic. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on right now? Anything in in particular that we can be on the lookout for, or you know, is there anywhere that we can come and see you in the near future? Or yeah, I just uh, well, a couple of things. You know, it's ridiculous. I've been working on my house for a long time, so come and come hey. and bring a hammer because I I've been I... renovating. <laughs> <laughs> we could work something out. <laughs> so, uh, but I got, I got another, uh, uh, about a month. I, I started another play, another physical, physical, uh, play called 39 steps. And it's like clown and a bunch of different characters and a lot of silly, silly things. And that's, uh, my friends directing it. And, and so that's, Aww. that's really ideal. Um, you enjoy the physical abuse, don't you? I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I just did a, a, a film. I had a small part in a, a film recently with uh, called Invisibles with uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Yes, Arthur post production. So that's on yeah. its way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just just finished that up um, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a small part in it, but it was nice to be nice to be uh, on set and nice to be hanging around with you know a bunch of good actors and and uh, a cool story and. Uh, yeah, yeah, some really good people, and um, uh, Bruce Greenwood as well. Okay, hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He was he was he was visiting. Uh, well, he was he was here, and, and uh, 
uh, Tim had his guitar and he was playing, you know, in between takes, just like, you know, playing a lot of stuff. And then Bruce would get up and he's quite a guitar player and he was without one. So I said, oh my gosh, I have, I got something kicking around that I just am not playing. And his eyes lit up. So I brought it to him and, you know, he's working out of town. I know what it's like when you're working out of town, you're away from your family and yeah. what are you doing for the weekend? Like nothing. You're in right. wherever, right? Going out for dinner and then you got time in your hands. So he just tore up my guitar for a week. <laughs> he loved it. He loved wow. it. He was so thankful. Yeah. So those are the things that you don't forget. Those, those are the memories that you take with you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. What a performer. What, what, a, what a cool guy. Yeah, totally. I, um, I haven't watched season two of The Boys yet. Uh, right. What what was what was that show like to to be a part of, even in a small way? Of, yeah, I mean, I just kind of I just popped popped on, and uh, it was um, I didn't even know anything about the show because it was uh, I don't even know that it had come out, and I auditioned for it, and I just had again just a small part on it. Yeah. And, uh, but um, it was, yeah, and then it became The Boys. Like, oh, okay, that's yeah. that show, right? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, too, like, you wonder, um, you want to you want to be on a show and you want the best part on the show before it um, finishes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, so this is a small part, but it, had I known it was going to be such a good show, I may not, I may have... Uh, held off and held off yeah seeing if something else could have happened but uh anyway that was uh yeah it was pretty it's, it's a quite a quite a series that one yeah. it wouldn't stop me from continuing to audition yeah so, <laughs> it's sci-fi you know anything can yeah, happen totally. Totally. it's wild that, that is that is an intense series yeah. um but you know i i love i think i th- i personally have really come to superhero exhaustion and to, yeah. to to have a show that's that turns those uh, uh, stereotypes on its head and yeah. really shows the darker aspects of our society, you know, yeah. the the parts of it that are definitely real, um, yeah. is uh, is refreshing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. No, that that's a that's a good take on it because I feel similarly that there's a lot a lot of content out there. It's hard to watch, but it's um it's a rewarding show for sure. Yeah. Um. I have some fan questions. Oh. <laughs> General Maximus uh, wanted to know, um, when you did Proving Ground, uh, did you have an idea at that point that there could potentially be more? Like this this, this potential spinoff that you were talking about? Or was that only after getting, you know, after wrapping that script? Yeah, there was, it was, it was in the air. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't um, explicit, but it was that was certainly the the feeling that um, I was kind of a a young O'Neill, you know, mm-hmm. that was, you know, potential for this to to be something else. And then, um, and then interestingly, then I remember this is how long ago it was because I remember being in uh, I was doing a show in in London. And that's when this didn't happen. Like so, so the spinoff didn't didn't happen with this mm-hmm. this group. But then Atlantis was coming up, and then I was doing a show in London. And then they wanted they were interested in me, um, and they wanted to see me audition. But it was so hard to audition from London and get the audition back to Vancouver mm-hmm. because what year it was, right? Like we couldn't just like send videos or do a Zoom call like this. Like just how technology has changed. 
And so that was, so that was like, well, we, we can't, we can't see you cause you're out of town. Uh, and then I came back and, and then, you know, I got the other episode uh, for Karis. Oh, for, Oh, you mean for, um, uh, for, for, for yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it, it's, I, I, th- I think you are one of the few who have had, um, such prominent exposure in a show who then came back later on, uh, to do another part. Um, Garwin Sanford, I think would probably be the most, the most notable as, as Nareem and then came back in Atlantis as Simon. Um, yeah. Gar- I, I I meant- say, Garwin, he, he taught me in, in theater school in Vancouver. He came wow. Really? Uh, film, film acting. Yeah. Wow. Man, there's, there's so much talent in this yeah. show. You know, from from all different aspects of 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 that that city up there, it's just exploded since production had ended. I meant to get to this earlier, but I apologize. Tell us tell us about coming back for Karis in Childhood's End. Martin Garrow's first episode. Martin Garrow yeah. just has taken off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was great. That was um, again another another fun. Uh, so not not like it, there was a similarity between the characters too like like between Elliot and and Karis in a way like this again um character that knew what right and wrong was in a different context right in a different context and a leader and and willing to willing to do whatever it takes duty right? yeah duty absolutely yeah. yeah yeah that was a wild script um yeah and I, part of me wishes that it that it went a darker way, yeah. uh, but you know it's you can't it, you have to have some of that sci-fi be like you know more up, uplifting and optimistic. I think yeah. if that episode had been later on in Atlantis, I think he may have gone ahead and died, you yeah. know. But um, I, I think that's one of the the more positive traits of of Stargate is that it's continued to um, it can it continues to promote a, a positive. Uh, overall, a positive sci-fi. What was it like working with that cast as opposed to SG One? They were they were in their first season still. The you know, Mario's a party shot that episode. Everyone was well, no no not shot. Was it Childhood's End? No, that was um was it Mario's a party or was it? No, I'm th- no. It was um David uh David Winning directed that yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience like on Childhood's End? In great, David was great. I remember we had a good. Um, a good chat and a good meeting before. And he was, he was really keen to, um, um, discuss mm. what, uh, uh, what he wanted to accomplish and, and hear my thoughts on it. Um, and, uh, and he'd seen, he'd seen my, my other, uh, episodes and, uh, was, was, you know, confident in, in me. And, and uh, so that was, that was nice. So that was nice coming in with a bit of a track record with the franchise. Um, and like you say that it was, uh first season it, it was also uh they were still gelling to a certain degree uh and a really friendly really friendly easy set to go on and it was also mm. nice because there were a handful of us coming on uh as well like uh, dominic as well you know right yeah 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 it's from um carrying people forward from from previous episodes that's uh uh it's it's a great one-off and um it's uh, just a, a positive, a positive episode in general. You know, they were, they're still trying th- those early Atlantis episodes. They're still really trying to figure things out. And yeah. um, the show kind of went 
uh, definitely in a in a, a direction, a darker tone and direction as it as it later went on. But um, you know, my, man, Martin Garrow, he was he. I've continued to follow his his work. You know, I'm a fan of Quantum Leap. That man just. I, I've never. He's like Stephen King. He just hammers them out. Yeah. You know, he's just wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really, really impressive and and uh, inspiring, and also, you know, gosh, it makes sometimes people like that. You're like, God, what am I going to do with my life? Right. right? Oh, so <laughs> How dare you? Exactly. Yeah. I've. I'm. I'm well behind on on my plans. <laughs> Jeez. Peace Rider. Uh, Courtney, do you have any uh, RDA anecdotes? from your time working. So. Um, well, I, I, not, not too many. I remember he, I mean, he was, he was great. I think he was going through some stuff at the time we were filming. And the only, the only thing I remember was, was that, uh, uh, I mean, it's not even, it's not even an anecdote. It, yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad saying this, but I mean, I, I, I remember shooting, um, my close-ups with uh, the script supervisor. Normally, normally uh, the other actor is off is off camera mm-hmm. in the scene. So we'd shoot him out. I I do his his we do his close-ups, and then uh, he he left uh, mm-hmm. frequently uh, to to go. But I think I think he had some 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 things going on in his life that he needed to take care of. Um, so it's not really a very great. <laughs> no, but you have to be flexible yeah. in production. You know, totally. you have to be prepared for that. Yeah, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't. And it wasn't him being. It wasn't him being um, a, a jerk or anything. No, he, you know, he, he had. He had a lot. He had a lot on his plate. I think. And also, I don't think. I we didn't have uh, as much as much to do. Really, we weren't uh, just proving ground. We had a little, little bit, a couple of couple of scenes, but um, yeah, not not too much. Mm. No, I remember Chris. Uh, <laughs> he he was like. Because I was I was uh, injured, uh, and I mean injured, right? And he had to he had to carry me. And, Last uh, stand, yeah, exactly. And he was carrying me, and, and uh, he was getting really sick of that. And he was just like, "Come on, man! Can you just act better? Just act like you, you're so heavy. Like just stop. Just just help help me out here." <laughs> and he's a he's a massive massive man. Like he was having trouble. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm like a rag doll on your on your back too. Just just do your thing. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um uh Gabby Federer. Do you think there's a chance that 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 Elliot and Lantash survived? Oh gosh. You know why not? That's, <laughs> let's say that's that's happening somewhere out there. Why not? Let's let's say that there's another Another world, another plane of existence where they're... Oh, they're, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Philippe Cannot. Uh, what was it like working with Grace Park before she turned Cylon? <laughs> oh, Grace was great. Grace was easy. She was just easy and, yeah, just fun and easy, easygoing, really. Lovely, lovely person. Yeah. I saw her again. Um, we worked on a show called The Border about 10, 10 years after that had a, had a, a brief appearance there and she was, she was on that before she really, really popped. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever watch Battlestar? I didn't. I mean, I have, God, I have so many friends. I've seen a few episodes. I have so many oh, friends okay. worked on it. Yeah. Oh, it's a good show, man. It's a hit, right? Again, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, it is a 70 episode 
movie. You know, it is one story. It's one of those where if you set aside time to watch it, you'd enjoy it from beginning to yeah. end. Yeah. So I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. I, uh, I get it. Yeah. I, one of those things that's, Yes, I should. I should watch it, especially because I have so many, so many pals. Absolutely. Melody, last stand. In that last scene, extremely moving, considering Elliot had blended with Lantash, you had history with Carter. How did that all, I mean, a lot comes into that little moment, you know, where Mm -hmm. she puts, she puts her hand on his, on his head and then Mm -hmm. says goodbye. Um, Did you just... Did you just play the scene honestly? It's like, well, okay, th- I've got a being inside of me who's in love with you. You know, you you have been someone who is who has taken care of me in this program. You know, that's a lot to to throw at a person to, okay, and act. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. Um, well, I think, like I was saying earlier, um, there was a good connection with with Amanda as a as a person and, and, and as an actor, and she's very, very generous. Uh, and so that made it, um, easier to find that, that mm. connection. Uh, and, um, I think we also, I remember, I think it was, um, um, was it, and no, who directed it? wasn't Andy. Was that Martin? Uh, for last stand. Yeah. I can find out easily enough. Was it, was it Andy McKinnon? It, it was probably direct. Yeah, it was directed by Martin Wood. It was Martin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I remember he he. It was really nice direction. I just remember him, you know, coming coming in and and just saying like, you know, it's all gone. Everything's mm-hmm. walking away, and you're all by yourself. You're, you know, and whatever it was, just kind of whispering, like just painting the picture, like of helping me see like the end and, and what I'm doing. And we, we did that a couple of times and it was, I can't specifically remember what he said, but I remember it being very, um, very effective, which you don't always get, right. Especially. Um, yeah. Especially in that, in that context, because you know, there was, there was no sound like right at the end. So he's able to to speak over and, and just help, help with the interior thoughts. And And sometimes if a person does that, it could also be distracting because the interior thoughts aren't aren't connecting, but but he, I, I really respected that. He was on the same page and, and helped kind of coach coach me through it. Wow. I remember being on in one take too, laying against a tree, and uh, I was so into it. I think a mosquito came down, and like we kept feeling a mosquito would like landed and was like <laughs> was like biting me. And I think we got the take, but uh, I was just I was just so into it and. and uh, <laughs> I got a smack. I think I had to like smack that off to, to save me, but we didn't end up using that one. You and me, mosquito. You're my yeah. last friend in the world. Oh, so tragic. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, man, Courtney, um, this has been really great, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's been good seeing you. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish you all the best. I, I do want to see this performance. Um, because I, I want an idea of, you know, you, you as a physical actor, I've not seen any of this. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it means a lot to me that you took some time to catch up and, uh, and, uh, it's, well, it's I'll tell you one, to see you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, speaking of the, the blending of the two, uh, on the Umbrella Academy, I, 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 I did a, a physical bit there in, in season two, AJ Carmichael. It was like a character with a fish tank. 
for a for a head and it was not oh my god tank, and it's just like this fish swimming around in water so that was like a nice nice blending of of those two worlds i'm gonna ha- I've, I've been meaning to watch this this series yeah. that's that's something to look yeah. forward to i'll go check it yeah. out hopefully you won't recognize me because you know it's a fish in a tank but i mean if you recognize from, from here down <laughs> Yeah, you say, Look just like you. that's not very kind. Oh, that's great. Dude, yeah. it's, it's so good to see you, man. Thank you for, okay. for uh, coming on the show, all right? Yeah. And, and also, I want you to, um, you, there's still time to audition for that, that theater you're talking about, to get on stage and feel you're like. Not, you're not wrong. My mother is, I'm sure, that. screaming right now. Yes, do it. So, you're right. You're right. You, yeah. have, you have to do the things that make you happy. Yes. And yeah. you have to make time for things other than just work. And I'm talking yeah. to me here, so. Well, con- and also congrats on this. Speaking of making time and work, like you've turned this passion for this show into your career. That's it has turned out that way over the course of my life Impressive. so far. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very thankful to Stargate. Yeah. Sure, and yeah. I'm thankful to everyone who has tuned in to watch us because yeah. you know you can't just continue to do this in a vacuum. You know, someone right. people have to uh, uh, resonate. As you know, you know people have to resonate with the work. Otherwise, you know, you there there's you can't just do it for you. So, yeah. thank yeah. you. Good for you, and good look, good looking merch too. <laughs> I forgot to turn on the Naquita reactor. So, yeah, the, these are most uh, half of this stuff is fan made. The other half is props. But there are some talented people out there, man. Oh, great! So. Amazing, amazing. Well, thanks so much for for having me. And, and absolutely, uh, gosh, and Stargate fans are the best. They are right, absolutely. Yeah. All right, yeah. brother, you take care yeah. of yourself. Okay, yeah. it's good to see you. All right, see ya. Cordy J. Stevens, everyone. Elliot in Stargate SG-1. Karis in uh, Stargate Atlantis. Greg Fenstad, do you have any idea if Master Replicas has their hands on any Eagle Moss 304s to put up as they move through their catalog? Um, I I think that they were all sold out. So the only one that I... Where is the 304? There it is, next to the Zelda thing. Um, This this was a fan-made one. This is not from... um, the Eagle Moss stock. I know that I think that Darren has one if I'm not mistaken. And I, th- I know that they've got the gliders and they've got, which which the Hatox that, that they did a version of that is that's also a fan made one, but I haven't seen any of those. Um, and I would really love to have the folks on uh, from master replicas on to discuss the, uh, the transfer of the uh, inventory from Eagle Moss, because that was just a shock. They had made so many starships and everything else. And, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if if I do get wind that they've they've found like they've they've they pull down like on a on a light or something and a hidden wall opens up in their warehouse and there's, you know, the missing inventory of three oh fours, we'll definitely report on it. But I'd like to get those guys on one way or another because that's a wild story. Um yeah, absolutely. All right, gang. Uh we're going to wrap it up here. Uh let me see here. Uh thanks to my moderating team, Tracy. Uh, Reese, Jeremy, Anthony, Summer for continuing to make the show possible. Big thanks to Frederick Marcoux over at Concepts Web for uh, keeping our website going. And uh, Linda Gategabber Fury uh, as well, my producer. So we're going to keep this uh, going. Next week we've got, if I've got the information here right, I have uh, Tiffany Lindell Knight coming up on May the 4th. So she's going to be joining us uh, 
Australia time. So for us over here, Pacific time, it's going to be 4.30 p.m. on May the 4th. And then next Saturday, Edward Gross, who's writing Chevron's Locked, that comes out this week. Check it out on Amazon. And Jennifer Spence, uh, who was on Stargate Universe. So she played Lisa Park. We've got a lot more coming up for you before I end season three here. So I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks again to Courtney J. Stevens for joining me this episode. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate, and I will see you guys on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>